color of leadership. A seat at the table. Join Dr. Anthony Rice and his more than 20 years of education. Let's talk. This is The Color of Leadership. All right, all right. I want to welcome our audience to the cut another amazing episode of Color Leadership. How you doing, Dr. Butler? Wonderful, wonderful. It's a beautiful day and excited about our guest today and excited about what we're going to learn. Yes, we are. So we're going to get some great dialogue from this great individual. So this is the person I've been trying to get. I think I want to say this is the first Latino male that we had on our show. Oh, fantastic. Since, yeah, so this is ready <laughs> to get some good knowledge. So again, my name is Dr. Anthony Rice I'm a, and my co-host, Dr. Angelique Butler. For everyone out there in our audience, this platform has been created so that we have an opportunity to establish critical conversations around the table with extraordinary guests whom are in roles of superintendents, directors, site administrators, teachers, and mentors in their own right. Uh, the goal of this platform is to exclusively share their own personal journeys and experiences with our audience as they navigate the educational platform as a person of color. This evening, we have with us our very own county superintendent of schools in Riverside, Dr. Edwin Gomez. Thank you for being with us. All right. My pleasure. My pleasure. It's so great to, to be on tonight. And uh, just uh, thank you for the consideration and, and looking forward to our conversation. All right. So, Dr. Dr. Gomez, we've, we've personally been, um, we would just want to thank you for joining our podcast this evening. We have been seriously waiting for you to show, for you to come on this show, just so, so, you, so that you can provide us with your wisdom, your knowledge around equity and disproportionality and everything that levels the playing field for people of color. Mm. We are honored to you as you get ready. We got seven questions for you today. And so let's get this thing started. Let's kick it off. And I know you had an opportunity to, I wish, I hope went over the question. So our first question for you today is what are some of your personal and professional milestones you had to reach to become a superintendent? Yeah, great question. And uh, I'll start off with the professional milestones. I, I My dream was always to be a, a teacher as far as I can remember uh, you know, I think I was five or six when I was forcing my little cousins to play school with me, whether we were <laughs> pretending to drive the school bus or uh, forcing them to read. Uh, my my goal was always to be a teacher, uh, you know, being immigrants to this great nation from the country of Peru. Um, you know, we, we found a safe haven in public schools. And, and honestly, my teachers uh, were my heroes and they were the ones that really believed in us. And they helped my parents, helped my mother, uh, who was a, a single mother wow. until I was about 10, to really believe that education was the pathway uh, to success, the pathway to social mobility, to really taking our family to a different, um, I guess, stratosphere of, of calibration and, and society. And, uh, and so I would say that, yeah, it, it, was, it was powerful for me to, to be in public schools and that, that was embedded in with me to be a teacher. So uh, honestly, the, the, one of the happiest days in my life was when I began my teaching career in uh, the Ontario Montclair School District as a kindergarten teacher. If you can imagine a 21, 22-year-old oh, wow. <laughs> youngster, wow. you know, who's probably kidding, you know, at that time, you know, more or less, not too far removed <laughs> from the five-year-olds. But um, I, was, I was the happiest person, uh, uh, I think, in Southern California at the time because my dream uh, had come to fruition and uh, 
And so I started my career as a teacher. I taught kindergarten, fifth and sixth grades. I learned very quickly, though, that that the, the world of teaching and one of my biggest heroes, by the way, uh, a movie that I love, and I'm sure all of you have seen it, Stand and Deliver, um, which yeah. is oh, yeah. with, with Jaime Escalante, mm-hmm. and then who taught calculus to inner mm-hmm. inner poverty students in, in Roosevelt High School in East L.A. And so he was a big inspiration to me. And uh, But I, I quickly learned, as in the movie, right, that not everything in education is Pollyanna. It's not all peaches yeah. and cream. And so I quickly learned that there was a need for leadership. And so kind of filed that in the back of my mind as I was uh, entrenched in my teaching practice. And so I went up the traditional ranks uh, as an educator, became a vice principal, principal, and was able to work alongside amazing educators. And we were able to take a school that was really in high poverty area, low performing, and we were able to work with the community, really tap into our, our you know, the, the cultural capital of our students. And, and we were able to uh, become a National Blue Ribbon Award uh, winning school um, and, and nomination for that right. for that that prize. Um, and, and we just focused on writing. We focused on on the beauty of literacy and, uh, you know, really made an impact on test scores. But most importantly, we made an impact on students and, and their humanity yes. and valuing them, their language their background and helping them to soar to, to higher heights. And so that basically led me to being a, a director of, of CNI. Uh, and then I was chief academic officer in Atalanto and subsequently became the superintendent in Atalanto back in 2014. Oh, wow. Very, very wonderful district had its, you know, challenges, but also a very at promise, very, very wonderful district with great kids, great teachers, was also uh, the superintendent in Coachella Valley Unified. And then oh, in 2019, uh, one of my heroines, and I'm sure you know her very well, Dr. Judy White, uh, invited yes. me to be her deputy superintendent here in Riverside County. Obviously, she's an icon, someone that I, I revere and uh, have always had mm-hmm. the highest respect and admiration for. And uh, she supported me, helped me. I learned from her leadership. And in um, uh, 2021, I was appointed as the Riverside County Superintendent of Schools. Congrats. Wow. Yeah. You know what that is? <laughs> Dr. Gomez, this, the, 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 the good thing, because I'm listening to you and mm-hmm. you shared your story, the greatest thing about listening to what you, kids need to see individuals like yourselves in these roles mm. because it just gives them an opportunity to see that where they can thrive, yeah. especially kids of color. You know what I mean? Especially boys. I always say that, especially with boys, because a lot of times we're not trying to work ourselves into the educational systems. Correct. You know what I mean? Because of the, I want to say because of the, maybe it's because of our experiences as ed- in education, as adolescents, as, as, you know, early junior high, high school, you know, those experiences really are the ones that really gravitate us to not really wanting to be in that. So I'm just saying, because you, mm. your story is giving students that look like us mm-hmm. an opportunity to say, you know what, I can do that. And that is absolutely amazing. So, Wonderful. wow. Wow. Hats off. Absolutely. And, and, and this is why I commend you, right? And the work that all of you are doing mm-hmm. to really see <laughs> and, and portray that message out there to the community. I, I think there is definitely a level of connection, right? When, when kids mm-hmm. see women and men of color in positions of power, 
I think there's a motivation. There, there's a, a message that's being conveyed that basically says if they can make it, why can't we make it? Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's very powerful. Yeah. I mean, that, that's the essence yeah. uh, uh, in my mind of what education is all about, right? It's, it's, it's the yeah. pursuit of happiness, the pursuit of liberty and, and doing what we can do to support our youngsters. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And so, you know what, Ms. Dr. Gomez, the, the one thing that, that really strikes me, because as I listen to your, to your trajectory of your, I know it wasn't easy and I know it wasn't something that anything, I know it was some, some, some trials and tribulations some things that you had to learn and some mm-hmm. things, some growing, some growing opportunities. So my, so my next question yeah. for you is what barriers or challenges, if any, did you encounter on your path uh, to become a superintendent of one of the largest counties in the state of California? Yeah, great, great question once again. Um, and I, 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 as you might know, Riverside County is the fourth largest county in the state of, mm-hmm. of California. And so there, there is a plethora of things, right, of, of, of barriers, challenges, fences that sometimes kind of keep us boxed in. But I, I would say it this way, you know, the thing that I think was the most challenging um, is working sometimes with with stakeholders that are not mm-hmm. happy uh, with the way that things are going. And, and I've, I've learned, as, as you well know, right, I think that the human connection, the ability to empathize, the ability to have compassion, the ability to truly, truly listen to people is probably the greatest mm-hmm. way to de-escalate situations. It's the most yeah, powerful absolutely. way to connect with folks because they want to be heard. They, they want yes. to know that their issues, their problems, um, their concerns are, are legitimate and that someone is validating and truly not just hearing them, but willing to, to cooperate with them to take that next step to help them. And so I learned really quickly that it, it's, it's kind of what you learn in the classroom, right? It, it's not just right. teaching math or teaching social studies and, and doing a great job with that, but it's connecting with your students. It's humanizing mm-hmm. them. It's, it's, it's validating them as human beings, accepting their wide range of emotions, right? Whether it's love, anger, mm-hmm. happiness, um, uh, frustration, or fear. If you connect with your students, you're going to do a, a lot better job teaching them. And I think the same holds true in, in this world mm-hmm. of leadership is when you connect with your constituents, when you connect with your parents, uh, when mm-hmm. you connect with your students on, at a greater scale, um, and... and I think that that's what makes a world of a difference. So I learned that, that what we learned in the classroom is applicable in the, in the larger, more, more macro level context. And so I, mm-hmm. I've applied that ability of being able to listen, uh, being able to work with people, even though I may not agree sometimes with their perspective right. or their mm-hmm. viewpoints, but at least try to help them to, to find um, solutions to their issues. And I think that that has been, for me, maybe not only the biggest barrier, but also the biggest win is being able to create coalitions with people and, and help them to, to really move forward. That's absolutely true. I mean, I mean, obviously, you, you know, you're talking about teachers, your students, <laughs> parents, community. Yes. Yes. I mean, that you, you know, you talk about a large group of stakeholders. And as you pointed out, you know, sometimes it's not it's you may not agree, but you've mm-hmm. got to. I think at the end of the day, we all know it's about the students um, and keeping that in mind. And, and that's our one common denominator in all that we, what we do. And, you know, sometimes some people will will. will 
you know, you, you wonder if it's uh, in some people's minds, you know, is it about students, right? right? And so we always have to remind ourselves and sometimes in a nice way, right? Um, as we're building relationships and, and trying to um, move forward, um, that it is about the students, but that I'm sure that's definitely, um, oh, you get good at that after a while, right? <laughs> correct, correct. And, and, and I think at the end of the day, once again, as simplistic as it may sound, what people want is they want to be heard. They want to be acknowledged. And, um, and that's what we do as leaders is, is we acknowledge it. Um, we don't disrespect their viewpoints. We don't disrespect, you know, their concerns. And as you mentioned, right, associations want to be heard. Uh, mm -hmm. Special interest groups want to be heard. And I think sometimes what breaks that relationship is when, when leaders don't truly and authentically listen to them. And then that's what creates a lot of uh, dissonance and it creates a mm -hmm. sense of disenfranchisement. And that's not what we want. We want to be bridge builders and we want to be able to come together at the table in a way that is respectful, in a way that is kind, compassionate, and at the same time also holding firm, right, um, to, right. to your priorities um, and, and hopefully mm -hmm. their collective priorities, not just mine, but it's our collective priorities in, in moving mm -hmm. forward. Absolutely. And, you know, um, one of the things we really like to ask, too, is because, you know, Dr. Rice mentioned earlier mm -hmm. about um, oftentimes uh, males and males of color being disenfranchised um, with education at a young age, um, oftentimes leading to, you know, they, they call it, the, you know, school to school to prison, mm -hmm. um, whether it is, you know, uh, dropping out. Um, we know we have chronic absenteeism, a lot of things that happen with students. Um, as they go through their, their educational journey. But I, I think, you know, we know, and as we talked about it, seeing people like us, seeing people um, is really a role model for these students. And so, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and then also too, you know, you mentioned that you, you knew at five, you wanted to mm -hmm. be a teacher. Mm -hmm. And at some point, at some point you mm -hmm. got that, you got that administrator bug, which mm -hmm. some people don't have. Right. And so, right. you know, what, what advice do you give do you have for individuals of color who um, to to advance in their educational leadership if they if they really want to take that next level? You know, I, I would say I love what Oprah Winfrey has stated. Right, she said, "There's no such thing as luck. Luck is when preparation meets opportunity." Mm -hmm. And so, I would tell my fellow colleagues. Um, you know, the, the thing that we must do is always do the best that we can uh, in the job assignment that you have. I, I always tell my, my colleagues at the Riverside County Office of Education and throughout my career, you know, I have this mantra that I live up to and that I, I, I communicate, and that's work your land. Mm -hmm. So when I was a teacher, I worked my land as a teacher. And, and I did my best. I, I came in early. I left, you know, five, six right. o'clock at night. I gave 110% mm -hmm. in, in mm -hmm. my lessons. I wasn't perfect. And so when I needed to calibrate, I would calibrate. Uh, I would take in feedback when I needed feedback. I was mm -hmm. open to uh, constructive uh, criticism. And, and so I had to work my land. And, and I didn't, you know, I wasn't in that modality of self-promotion. Uh, but it, because I think mm -hmm. that people see talent. People see your hard work mm -hmm. ethic. People see the Absolutely. outcomes. And so... You know, that's, that's the example I give is work your land, whether you're in whatever role that you may have, whether it's being a vice principal or a principal, mm -hmm. work your land and don't be those kinds of individuals that are always looking over their shoulder 
are always yes. looking to see what's down the street. Uh, right. Uh, yes. Work and focus on the now. And 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 and, and when people focus on the now, when people focus on working their mm-hmm. land, um, I'll be honest with you. This is this is the honest to goodness truth. I think since since after probably leaving the principalship, I have never really pursued a position. I was always asked to oh, walk into yeah. positions. And and and, and I and I talked mm-hmm. earlier about Dr. Judy White and um you know, the way that kind of worked out is, you know, mm-hmm. I, I was really, really 100% focused on being a superintendent in Atalanto and Coachella. Mm-hmm. I, I, I didn't care about the noise. I didn't care about mm-hmm. other opportunities. I was just focused. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and she saw that and she saw that, you know, we were able to take both districts out of fiscal, um, you know, insolvency. We were able mm-hmm. to put systems in place in, in regards to academics and, and instruction curriculum. Uh, she saw that we had good governance structures. And never once, you know, this is the, the, the honest to God truth. I never promoted myself. I didn't even have a Twitter account at the time. Yeah. But I think once mm-hmm. again, your work speaks volumes. And she saw mm-hmm. that and she noticed that. And that's when she invited me, right, to, to yeah. join her in, in that position as deputy superintendent. So that that's the advice I would give to our fellow right. colleagues is, is, you know, focus on what you have before you. Um, I would tell yeah. I would tell high school students uh, uh, as recent right. as a couple of weeks ago, whether you work at McDonald's or at In-N-Out or Blaze Pizza, do your job to the fullest of your ability. Give 110 yes. percent. Look the part. Act the part. Mm-hmm. Smile. Mm-hmm. Have a good attitude. Mm-hmm. And, and believe me, opportunities will start coming before you. People will look and notice uh, the great work that you're doing, and that will open up doors for you. That's just my thing. And then. On the more practical side, I will I will say this, and I think this is important, right? Mm-hmm. I think yes. as people of color, we need to be looking for others that are doing an exemplary job and open up doors for them. Yeah, right. Oh, you know what? You know what, Doctor Gomez? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you said something very profound. Mm-hmm. You said work. You said your work land. your land mm-hmm. because a lot of times we get in these positions and we're trying to move so fast. Right. All right. And sometimes, sometimes we always think grass is greener on the other side. Mm-hmm. And instead, of, instead of fulfilling fulfilling your fulfilling the job that you have in front of you, yes, you know, because that makes that makes so much sense and it, it, it's such great advice. Because a lot of times we, when we move too fast, I think we're we're not building our capacity the way we need to mm-hmm. and what you just said so spot on in terms of what we need to do as educators in terms of working the working our land and know what you know and know this thing know what you know in the moment mm-hmm. know what you know in the seat that you sit in that's and it perfect that perfect what you're doing in the seat that you sit in so that you have an opportunity to be a resource that's for it. somebody that's it yes right I mean, if you think about it, I'm sure all of us on now, I mean, you know, you, you figure your trajectory, as you said, you know, as a teacher, mm-hmm. you know, you, you may necessarily didn't, when you first started out, might not have, administration may have been the furthest thing from your mind. Mm-hmm. And I find that oftentimes good soups were good teachers. They were good counselors. They were good administrators, whether it was principals and vice principals, but it wasn't, you know, necessarily a, a rush thing. It was right. just, you did well, 
in the position that you were in. Um, you use Dr. Goma's work, your land. I used to hear grow where you are planted. Um, I used to hear grow where you are planted because there was a time where I remember there was something going on where it was, you know, they were looking at, um, you know, just trying to build the capacity of administrators and mm-hmm. having some workshops and everyone was flooding to the workshops and, mm-hmm. and thinking, okay, you know, I want to be the next principal or whatever. But at the end of the day, there's only so many spots, right? And so oftentimes, you know, um, you know, as superintendent, you know, you're looking for that fit. You're looking for that person, not just that you are, um, you know, yes, good, be a good teacher, good principal, but you're also Mm -hmm. a good human being and that you, um, yeah. And you see that, I mean, I'm sure if that's within you, you're going to see that in someone else. And so you want someone who's going to treat your community, right. Treat your students, right. And and everyone else, um, you know, that they come into contact with. So. Yes, work your land, grow where you are planted. <laughs> exactly, and I, and I and I always want to revert back to um, Dr. White because yes. Dr. Gomez, I know she played a huge role in in terms of just your your foration of what you're doing now. Because mm-hmm. you know, Dr. White was amazing in terms of how she educated, mm-hmm. advocated, mm-hmm. And how she dealt with individuals, not just individuals of color, but just individuals in general. My question, my next question would be, and I know you were already doing this because I think Dr. White got you in that. I mean, you were in mm-hmm. that position mm-hmm. that, she mm-hmm. that you were the person. Mm-hmm. So what advice can you give to hiring entities to assist in tracking, attracting and hiring underrepresented groups into education and leadership positions? The advice that I would give um, to, to organizations, to individuals, um, is give give people of color an opportunity and and even more so right if you're an individual of color give other people of color opportunities to come alongside with you to learn to grow to be an asset um sometimes i think you know you know, I don't know. And I'll say this very, very candidly. Sometimes, you know, and, and I, I, I think I mentioned to you that I come from, my parents were from Peru. You did and, and so okay. we're Peruvian. And, mm-hmm. and there's a saying in Peru that says something to the effect of sometimes the worst enemy of a Peruvian is another Peruvian. I get it. And, mm-hmm. and that's a sad indictment, right? And I, and I think right. the gist of it is basically Look, you know, we don't, we're not enemies, we're, we're brothers and sisters, and we've got to work together, not be fearful of one another, but we've got to bring people mm-hmm. from different uh, diverse backgrounds, bring them mm-hmm. together. We're a diverse community. Uh, if you're African-American, Latino, uh, a woman, a woman of color, it's important, mm-hmm. right? And, and that we're intentional. Absolutely. We have to be intentional. Yes, we do. And we have yes, to we give people of color opportunities. And, and I yes, think that alongside that, I would also encourage school districts, county offices, right. um, and other people of color provide opportunities for mentorship. Absolutely. You know, a, 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 a spend time with people that are coming up the ranks um, you know, there's a lot of passion, a lot of very, very gifted, a lot of talented people of color out there and, and, and they're doing an amazing job, but like me, right. They need mentorship. They need guidance. They need that coaching perspective yes, uh, they do. to interact with other people. How do I give presentations? How do I talk to the chamber of commerce? How do I talk Absolutely. to politicians and electeds? Right. That, that is a skill that we have to learn. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and so, 
I, I would say that that mentorship piece is critical. And I would encourage, um, you know, whether it's through your program or other programs and associations, right. that element of, of, of genuine, firm, consistent mentorship, where it's not just a, a kind of a pseudo, you know, flexible thing, but also where the mentee is under the understanding that if I'm going to mentor you, that you have to be yes. open to criticism, you have to be open to, to, to input Absolutely. and not be offended. Absolutely. Everybody needs a critical friend. Absolutely. Exactly. exactly. Everybody. Mm -hmm. So, so we're speak. we were talking about um, the hiring yes. of people who look like ourselves, Dr. Gomez. And there were some things that you mentioned that I, I just kind of want to reflect on. You mentioned being a good mentor, mm -hmm. right? Uh, people like ourselves and, and oftentimes, you know, and I kind of said, you know, everybody needs a critical friend. Yeah. And, and sometimes that mentorship, you know, of course, um, to be honest and share your, your constructive free feedback. Mm -hmm. um, I, one of the things you, you know, you mentioned, you know, is oftentimes um, to give people of color opportunity, mm -hmm. people of color, give people of color opportunity. Mm -hmm. And I, I've sat on a numerous amount of um, panels, uh, obviously being African-American female and um, hiring panels. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, you know, if, if there's an interview you know, because in, in my heart, I know diversity matters. Mm -hmm. It matters. Mm -hmm. It matters for students. It matters for our parents um, when they come. And, and, and parents, you know, oftentimes in community want to see someone that looks like them. And uh, it, sometimes it's a trust right. issue, right? It's a trust issue. And so um, those are things oftentimes if I'm sitting on a panel and we're, we're, we're conversing about, you know, who to move to that second round or who to hire, and I, I try to be that person of, of voice of saying, you know, we got to look at this. Um, and, and sometimes it's, it's not the, the person who interviews the best. Right. It may be the fit. Correct. You know what I mean? The Correct. fit. And, and so um, having said that, I think oftentimes what happens are what happens is, is people are afraid. Right. They're afraid if they're on that panel or if they're mm -hmm. the superintendent or if they're the, the, the principal or whatever to hire someone if you are African-American mm -hmm. or if you're Latino, mm -hmm. you know, if, if to, to, cause you don't want it to look, you have a personal agenda. Right. And it's, it's not about that. It's about just making sure that you have a, a diverse staff. It, it's really important. And so um, you gotta be, you know, it takes courage. It, it takes a lot of courage to do that. And so I'm glad you shared that with us because um, yes, once we get in those positions, we have to remind ourselves that someone took someone took the chance on right. us and that we need to do the same for, for people that we're trying to hire. Exactly. exactly. Absolutely. Doctor, Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Please go ahead. Mm -hmm. So Dr. Gomez, so a lot of, and along those lines, because a lot of times we don't, people, especially new administrators, new, new mm -hmm. people that are entering the field, they really don't know the qualities and the characteristics of what they're looking for in a hiring process. A lot of times you know, just based off of sometimes it's based off of, hey, you should apply for this position. But a lot of times when you go into these, these positions, I think some, I think people, they have like a false sense of understanding of what is what the qualities and characteristics are. Can, can you kind of share with us, like personally, what what they what someone I wouldn't say just I wouldn't say just you personally, but what are people looking mm -hmm. for in terms of when you're for that, for that person that in the hiring process. Yeah, this is, this is critical, right? And all the research shows uh, that who you hire 
and 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 who you bring to the organization, especially for a CEO, for for a principal, for a director, or assistant soup, and you can move. It applies everywhere, right? It, yeah. It's the quality of the people that you bring to the table. What I personally, what I'm personally looking for is someone that is teachable and open to. Mm-hmm. You know, I always ask them, "Are you are you open to be taught, and are you correctable?" And I, and I, you know, they kind of give me a weird look sometimes. Like, what does that mean? <laughs> but that's that's a good indicator, right there. Is it, am I teachable? Am I correctable? And and when you have an openness to grow as a lead learner, then that's the kind of person that you want. We don't want people that are so mm-hmm. cemented in their ways that they're not flexible, mm-hmm. that they're not open to new ideas. And, and personally, that's one of the things that I'm looking for is that flexibility, that authenticity is so critical uh, in organizations. And then the other part that, that I think is, is also very, very important um, is their track record and, and what has been your track record. I mean, mm-hmm. that to me is something, mm-hmm. a quality, right? Is, are you loyal to the organization? Have you been loyal in mm-hmm. your position? Have you been loyal to your former boss, to the organization? Yes. And, and I think that those are important uh, qualities because if they mm-hmm. show that they've, um, you know, have been consistent in their character, that they haven't badmouthed their previous district or their previous mm-hmm. boss, that says something mm-hmm. about it. Once again, they don't have to be in complete agreement. And obviously, we're not going to ask people to do something that's immoral or unethical. But, exactly. you know, loyalty is important. Loyalty is important, um, especially mm-hmm. in this very, very political world of education that we're in. We want to have people that we can trust people that we can confide in uh, people that we can work with. And, and we know that they also have the best interest of students in mind. So those are some of the things that I look for, you know, uh, there, there, there's this great um, uh, little mantra too that, that I've used in the past. And it's the four C's, not the four C's of common core, but it's chemistry. <laughs> it is competence. It's credibility and character. And, and, and that's mm-hmm. a very, very simple way of looking uh, at your potential candidate, but these are things, right? That are are they're, they come from within? It, it's building your own right. character. It's building your credibility. It's building who you are as a person on the inside. And and I I firmly believe that that those things can be seen. Um, obviously, it may not come out in one interview, but it's going to come out in your resume. Right. It's yeah. Come out in what people say about you. It's going to come out in what you've produced. Right. Those things will come out. Got right. it. Right. I mean, you know, we, we definitely know we definitely know the reference, the, the reference. Right. right. We're going to call. We're going to get references. Right. Um, and, and so, you know, you know, when uh, a person uh, calls and they're, they're say, dog, you know, I, I hate to lose that right. person. Is that's what you want to hear, that they would hate to lose them. But they understand mm-hmm. um, that oftentimes it's just a, it's a, a step up or it's something that there's a, that they desire to do. And you're not able to do it, you know, in your in your district or in your mm-hmm. county office. Mm-hmm. And so they're looking for other other, as I say, other adv- advancement. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, you talked about um, loyalty and to really being a good collaborator, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. because there are times where, yeah, you know, there are going to be some other ways of doing things, and it's just not always your way. Right. Um, I think that in terms of you know loyalty too, you know, is is real important, as you say, you know, that you're not bad mouthing mm-hmm. um, districts and making sure that too that that the person who is who is interviewing, you know, hopefully they've done their homework. Right. And they 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 found that the district that they are interviewing for is a match. Correct. It's some it's it's an organization that they want to 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 put their you know their hard work, blood, sweat, and tears into because often say you know I, I had someone ask me about 
you know, the next move. And I said, well, you know, everybody, everybody on that panel is obviously qualified. Mm -hmm. You know, they wouldn't, you know, they meet the minimum qualifications. And so sometimes it's, 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 you know, as they say that question number one, and that last Mm -hmm. question oftentimes is about, you know, uh, what else can you tell us? Is that, as they say, that's your ballpark question, right? What makes you different? What, you know, makes you different? Um, and why would, why you, right. you know, and so that's a really good one. And, and you can practice all you want, but that one, that last one, oftentimes it, it really can do, um, you know, do some good to you really look at what you're, what you bring to the table. That's different than exactly. someone else. Exactly. Absolutely. Absolutely. So Dr. Gomez, you were doing some amazing work over there in the County. So I know you guys, you have some initiatives, uh, you have an equity inclusion, the mental health and financial literacy, um, initiatives. Can you kind of discuss uh, with our audience the driving force behind these initiatives? Yeah, you know, I think, I think as, as, as people and in society, as humans, we, we need things that we can connect to. And these initiatives were birthed uh, based on the needs that we saw at the height of the pandemic. And of course, when mm-hmm. we talk about mental health, right, I mean, it was, it, it still continues to be such a, an important um, initiative. Uh, I, I think it was our Aristotle that said educating the mind without educating the heart is no education at all. And this is a, a powerful statement Absolutely. that speaks to the importance of a, a holistic, right, a education. Um, and, and that's what the mental health initiative is about. And so we're very excited about the mm-hmm. fact that in the last two years, we've opened up 11 care spaces uh, all across Riverside County mm-hmm. that offer uh, mental health services to students and members of the community. I think we've all, we were able to serve almost 3,000 students for free um, in, in these last couple of years. And that's pretty powerful. And, and I think that it's been pretty substantive in the, in the impact across uh, the county. Uh, we've also partnered with the Children and Youth Behavioral Health Initiative, which is a five-year, $4.4 billion mm-hmm. vision uh, that will reimagine the systems that support the mm-hmm. behavioral health needs of all children in California and, um, you know, we also procured a, a, a grant with Congressman Marticano for $15.6 million grant to enhance school-based mental health services. So, yeah, when we think about mental health, I, I think we've, we've done a lot of things to really support that. Uh, same with the uh, Literacy by Fifth Grade initiative, which is really about ensuring that kids are ready for, uh, you know, middle school and high school and, and being able to mm-hmm. read and write at, at those high levels of proficiency. So we're we're excited about that. And we were very intentional in these last two years to provide professional development to our teachers, to our district offices. We mm-hmm. were also able to create what we call the District Literacy Network, uh, which is leveraging sustainable change in the instruction of reading uh, in both English and in Spanish all across Riverside County. We've also implemented the Footsteps to Brilliance program, uh, which is, oh, yes, yes it, it, this is a free program available on all types of devices to students and any child basically in Riverside County can access Footsteps to Brilliance in English and in Spanish for Mm -hmm. free. And so I believe uh, Mm -hmm. the last count was we had over 132,000 students uh, in this program, which is pretty amazing. Yeah. And then uh, we talked about uh, equity and, and, and inclusive practices initiative. Basically, you know, we're, we're very, very cognizant, right? That this is something that we need to do. And so all over, Riverside County, we've focused on on creating those equity and inclusive practices initiative. And every year we have the Excellence Through Equity Conference, um, which mm-hmm. we every year, every fall, we have about a thousand educators all across uh, from the state 
mm-hmm. gather at this conference where we talk about um, equitable systems and practices. We have one-on-one coaching with the participants and we're really supporting their equity champions to maintain their momentum all across the state. And uh, we've also worked with foster youth and we, we hold a, a annual community resource fair. And this is not just a one-time thing, but it's ongoing support to our foster and homeless mm-hmm. youth students with school supplies, mm-hmm. shoes, haircuts, vision and dental oh, screenings. Wow. And we also have the winter wonderland event for our foster students, which has been just amazing to see uh, the, the supports and the, and the, uh, the love that's given to our students. And so Really, really, we've made some uh, powerful inroads in that area, which we're very proud of. And then finally, we have the, the Financial Literacy Initiative, which I think is, in my opinion, ex- equally as important to all of them, but maybe even more so important because it's really something that I believe that can bring equity mm-hmm. all across the Absolutely. board. Because I, I think people Absolutely. people of color need financial literacy. I needed financial literacy Absolutely. when I, when I graduated <laughs> from college. Even though I had a four-year mm-hmm. degree and my mother thought that once mm-hmm. I would graduate from college that I would make it, that, that was not true. Yeah. Um, I, I was Absolutely. unfortunately in debt. Mm-hmm. I was unfortunately struggling. And it wasn't until I learned to be financially free that, that we were able to you know, start creating some generational wealth. And, and I'm glad to say that we live now. Mm-hmm. We're at a place, my wife and I, where we're financially free. We're not in debt. Yes. We've saved for my kids' mm-hmm. uh, education fund. You know, we've, we've invested in, in stocks and real estate. And awesome. so once again, if we can do it, all of our kids of color can do it as well. Absolutely. And so we are very big on financial literacy. Um, we worked with the state mm-hmm. on a program called CalKids. And through the CalKids mm-hmm. program, any eligible student currently in our public schools will receive a 500 deposit in a CalKids account. And these funds uh, will provide a jump start uh, on savings for college or career right. training. So we're very, very excited about that. Uh, we're doing financial literacy with our students in all of our RCOE programs, as well as our migrant education program. And so we've had some huge success with that. And we're also working right now on a program kind of similar to Footsteps to Brilliance. And I believe that in December it will launch where we will have a uh, network, uh, once again, uh, accessible through any device where any student in Riverside County uh, from the age of zero to uh, basically 18 will have access to financial literacy courses for free oh, wow. and awesome. in an interactive great. way. And and this is going to be earth shattering, you know, it's going to, it's going to mm-hmm. really be something innovative that in the state of California, actually in, in, in no state in the United States of America will this happen, but it's going to happen here in Riverside County. First place to have it. Oh, what a great, that's <laughs> great. That's great. I, I'm going to congratulate you because financial literacy, you know, as you mentioned, you talked about you and your wife, being able to do what you've mm-hmm. done, but what, what, how, what better way to create a leg- legacy for exactly. your family? I mean, your kids, your kids are able to see this. They, they, they know it. They've seen it. They know how to get there. Um, and they pass that down, down to their children, but financial literacy, especially like you say, in, in certain neighborhoods and, and people of color is yeah. huge. And so congratulations Absolutely. to RCOE. That is, that's Absolutely. wonderful. Thank you. Hearing Thank more you. About no, that. And we're very excited. I mean, once again, we're we're up against in our in our communities of color, right? With payday loans and cash mm-hmm. in advance institutions, mm-hmm. which are really yes. predatory, right. oppressive institutions. Oh my gosh. That, yes. that in many ways yes, they, are. they create bondage, right? They create oppression they for do. our families. And so we we gotta unteach and unlearn a lot of these things that have systematically have uh, really hurt our families, have oppressed our families. 
And, and I mm-hmm. believe that financial literacy, in my opinion, it's, it's probably the best, the greatest equalizer in society is when you're able sure to is. work your, your, your money and, and invest your money mm-hmm. and have the money work for you. Exactly. Absolutely. Are you a consumer? Are you a consumer? Or are you an investor? <laughs> exactly. Right. Exactly. You, you can have the late. You can have the. You have the latest pair of Jordans right. as, as right. the latest. As they say, the, the nicest pair of fresh kicks and mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it. But at the end of the day, you know, is it is it making money for you? So that's that's a that's great. Tell us a little bit about. Uh, you do have also something um, we wanted to give you a chance to mm-hmm. talk about today is um, your educational summits coming up real real soon on June twenty eighth and June twenty ninth. Yes, yes, we're very very excited about that. Basically, it will be the first educational summit in in Riverside County's history. We want to bring our our different districts and we want them to come together and share best practices on oh, wow. curriculum and instruction mm-hmm. on education. What are we doing with diversity and equity? What are we doing in the work to close those uh, achievement gaps, preparation gaps, those opportunity gaps, and and share best practices in a PLC community of learners, right? Bringing them all together and and really having that dialogue. And I think, you know, we do a great job of, of, uh, of doing conferences on all types of uh, topics, but this is one which I think is very, very important because what happens in the classroom is also of critical importance, right? It's It's the... The teaching and the learning is why we, our federal and state government spend uh, billions of dollars is for powerful teaching to take place in the classrooms. And this is what we want to do. It's a continuation of that, but bringing it in context uh, with all of our school districts. And, and with, there's, there's phenomenal things taking place across our, our county, uh, whether it's in CTE programs, whether it's in AVID, or whether it's it's in writing, we just want to bring folks together and let's mm-hmm. learn from each other so that we can take those practices back into our school districts and hopefully it can change the practice within the classrooms. Yes, yes. Oh, that's wonderful. Dr. Gomez, you, you have a great deal of responsibility as the county superintendent. And so a lot of times you guys are dealing with a lot. So I, can you just share our audience, tell us what you love about your job. What do you what do you love about your job? Talk to us about Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I, I what I love about my my position and the position that I feel, you know, if we're going to talk spiritually, I, I believe God put me in this position. Absolutely. And uh, obviously the constituents of this county put me in this position, but I feel a great responsibility um, to be another voice with the voices like yourselves um, to to let the residents of Riverside County know that we have great programs. Yes, we have challenges, but it's it's by us working together. It's by us working collaboratively, and 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 specifying right. certain things that we can make a difference. That we can make um, transformative change um, in our school districts. Uh, as you know, there's many many voices right now in in the community that are not good, right? That that, yes. that are creating right. adversity and havoc and and controversy right yeah and and we don't have to talk about that right now but you know what i'm talking about it's i know i know what you're talking about <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so we you know my job my job is 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 to bring people together uh it, it's to what i love about that is, is that i can be a positive force in this in this educational landscape and uh, and i feel mm-hmm. that this is for me it, it's something that i i have a lot of respect uh and and i uh, humility and humbleness to be able to have that mm-hmm. ability to be a voice in, in this conversation i appreciate it how wonderful how yeah. wonderful to have that bestowed upon yeah. you 
Yeah, it's a, it's a blessing. It, is. it definitely it is. is. I'm sure you wake up. I'm sure you wake up every morning and you pinch yourself. <laughs> I do, I do, and it's a great responsibility, right? Yes. I, I don't take it lightly. Yeah, and uh, but it's yeah. a great opportunity to be able to inform, right, the community mm-hmm. that our kids have potential, they have dreams, they have aspirations, they have the ability, and to be kind of a, a, a counter voice, right, to that voice of saying, "Well, public schools Absolutely. are not good; they're a disaster; they're morally." disingenuous and mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And that's mm-hmm. not the case. And, and, yeah. and so our work, you know, as a County office, our work as, as a community of leaders, which includes you is to dispel the mythology. It's to, to really um, break down those stereotypes yeah. and create the, a more accurate narrative that all of our kids have that potential. They have that ability and that our educators like yourselves are doing an amazing job. Got it. So, Dr. Gomez, as we close out, um, we usually give our um, participants an opportunity to, you know, thank a family because, you know, I I hear that you're, I mean, as I listen to you, you're a golly, Mm -hmm. you're a family man, and I know you wouldn't be in this position if it wasn't for certain people and God God first. And so can Mm -hmm. you give a shout out to whomever you want? Um, just, Just throw it out there whom you want to thank. Um, so just, you have an opportunity right now to go ahead on and do that. Well, you, so you, you said it yourself at first, you know, always thank the Lord, thank God Mm -hmm. for, you know, the position, the opportunity to serve in this capacity, you know, coming as an immigrant to this nation, you know, growing up in, in people's homes, basically as a homeless, uh, uh, and homeless family and and growing up in a trailer park, I, I never take anything for granted. I always take it with a lot of humility and a lot of reverence to him. Uh, I obviously thank my wife, my family, who have always been there, very supportive, very loving, very compassionate, have always been there during the difficult times. So I'm very grateful for them. I, I, I am also very incredibly grateful for people like Dr. Judy White. Yes. And, 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 and mm-hmm. she has opened up doors for myself, for so many other people. And the example that I've learned from her is that we too have to open up doors for other, other folks, other families, other generations, so that they can be part of the work that we do to change lives. And so I, I, the list can go on, but in a nutshell, I mean, th- those are really the people that come to mind at this time. That is the mm-hmm. great responsibility that we have, the great um, calling, right, is, is to be able to multiply right. and carry forth the vision uh, for a better uh, opportunities for our students. All right. Excellent. It's definitely a calling. It is. It is. Yes, it's a calling. And I know you spend a lot of um, a lot of time. And so, yeah, to your family, to well, kudos to your wife and your family, because um Long hours, yes, I'm sure. Absolutely. <laughs> so right now we're going to close it out. I want to say thank you to Dr. Gomez again for coming out here and and just giving just the great dialogue that you gave us today. And I want to thank our audience for tuning in to the Color of Leadership. I want to thank Dr. Bullard, my co-hosts, for doing an amazing job. And again, I want to thank everybody out there. And I can't wait for you guys to tune in to our next episode to the Color of Leadership. Mm-hmm.